Hello. Welcome to Talking Substance at Kiev Post. My name is Stash Luchkiv, and today we have uh, an honorable guest, Michael Denby, who used to be a parliamentarian in Australia and is now international analyst for Sky News Australia. We hope you, you give us a like, subscribe to our channel, and leave us a comment about what you think. And we're going to talk about various things. You've come to to Kiev. You've been in Ukraine how long now? Uh, well, this is my third time to Ukraine, and this is uh, I've been here since Monday. Okay. And what brings you to Kiev? Solidarity, information, um, and um, I'm doing some broadcasts from here too. So for Australian TV, incredible! You can do it by Zoom from your hotel room. It's <laughs> amazing. Um, and by the way, I'm what. Um, my American friends would call, um, it's quite unusual, a seven-term congressman. <laughs> a seven-term congressman. And but that's behind me. That's behind you. So yep. you no longer do that. No, no. I was the chairman of the Foreign Relations Committee, and you can be in parliament X amount of time, and it, then it becomes too long. Okay. Now, uh, so being from Australia, can you just give a, a rundown of how uh, this war is seen from the, from down under, from okay. the Australian point of one, view? One, um, backwards factor that I reinforced at the at the um, uh, National War Memorial yesterday was yeah. um, a weapon called the Book Seven. Frankly, Stash Australians had never heard of Ukraine prior uh, to the Russians shooting down MH17. Um, then there was a bit a bridge too far, Ukraine. But after that, they um, our Prime Minister had a confrontation with Putin at a the last meeting of the uh, um, G20 that, that Putin attended, um, and um, everyone knows now where Donetsk is and all of these places. Yeah. So I had been earlier in 2008 and 2012 because I was, as I said, chair of the Foreign Relations Committee, but... Um, when the war started, there's a lot of sympathy in faraway Australia for uh, Ukraine, um, and we've given a lot of aid to uh, Kiev. Uh, we should give more, but um, given uh, the Russian brutality and in invasion and butcher, it was very much in the Australian news for the first months. Now, like everywhere else in the West, and in, in fact all over the world, the news has faded very it's substantially. Also, we've we've received some reports that the Australia with the new Labour government has dropped down to sixth among non-NATO nations uh, giving aid. Is that correct? I'm sure that's right. I haven't got the gradings in, in front of me, but um, we should have given um, a Hawkeye... Um, armoured vehicle, uh, which we haven't given, uh, which is a, a um, further stage of the Bushmaster, which has been very successful here. Um, we should have given um, General Mick Ryan, uh, who's a great Australian military commentator, has said this repeatedly, we should have given Ukraine 20 Taipan helicopters, which were not um, purposeful for combat in Australia, but could have been used for transport behind the lines here in Ukraine. What prevented uh, that? Uh, lack of will. Lack of will. Um, Stash, the only ambassador that hasn't returned to Kiev of the 50 that left is the Australian ambassador who's in Warsaw. He's now, if in I Warsaw. Was in Aus if I was in Australia, I'd say, 
more frankly uh, that he was or she was hiding. But um, since I'm more diplomatic here in Kiev, I won't <laughs> say that. Um, but look, I, I think Australia could do more. Um, you've got good friends in Japan and South Korea. Um, the, it is strange that our foreign minister, uh, Senator Penny Wong, um, and our defence minister, Richard Miles, have not been to Ukraine since the war started, uh, and they should. Uh, our Prime Minister, Mr Albanese, has come, um, and he had good relations with Mr Zelensky, yeah. and we've continued to do things since. But Ukraine is in a tipping point and it's not only americans who should step up it's australians as well as your other friends and uh, you know we could you know ask us for cash and we could buy 200 million worth of 155 millimeter artillery for, from the south koreans for you let's do it i uh, i advocate exactly the same thing what's the media landscape like in australia since you're a, um, the media a, landscape a, a, a commentator. is very um, comparable to to Britain, I would say more so than the United States. Specifically so, with the Ukrainian war. Oh, with the Ukrainian war, yeah. It's unfortunately it's very much um, the downgrading of the war compared to, especially uh, events in the Middle East. Okay, so, so there's Gaza's a bit of a, taken, a, bit of a over. kick. Uh, for the second anniversary. Um, mm -hmm. The network I work for, Sky News Australia, um, is quite sympathetic. Um, uh, and to the Ukrainian cause. To the Ukrainian cause. But, uh, and I would say that the, the other me uh, TV media and uh, print media are simpatico, uh, but uh, it's the fact that there's less coverage there's just less coverage. It's just there's less coverage. And that takes the pressure off the government to do the right thing. Um, I thought the Taipan's decision not to support Ukraine would have got more coverage than it did. Um, it was in uh, right of centre media, but not in the rest of the media as much as it should. And it mo if most Australians knew that we were cutting up and dumping these 20 usable helicopters rather than giving them to our friends in Ukraine, they would uh, not support it. But most of them don't know that. Well... Who must Australians address to to try to rectify this situation? Is there is it the government? Is there parliamentarians? Uh, parliamentarians, yes. Um, the Ukrainian community in Australia is very active and very mm -hmm. good. They should continue going to see their uh, their local MPs. But it's the government. It's the Foreign Minister, Senator Wong, and Mr. Miles, the Defence Minister. They should just be asked to pursue what uh, Prime Minister Albanese has agreed to with friendly relations, with specific relations with Ukraine. Um, but, um, you know, we could do more. Okay. We're a big, fat, rich country, to be honest. Yeah. And uh, most people don't know this, but Australia, with a population of 25 million people, has a uh, GDP bigger than Russia's. In the G20, really? we're 12 and they're 13. Um, so when we get these rude comments from the Duma about we don't care about murdering 38 Australians over uh, Donetsk, uh, we remember, we smile and we're happy, friendly Australians, but uh, people don't like it. Um, and there's a very underlying strong um, dislike of dictators in, in uh, Australia. There's a yeah. very deep democratic ethos. And um, 
you know, it uh, needs to be focused, though. It needs to be focused on mm-hmm. um, helping Ukraine. Uh, one of the things uh, you should also be able to get assistance from us is is helping with the Americans. Um, I was surprised when in I... W- in which sense? Well, uh, it was, well, this is the sense. I was surprised that many of the um, policymakers that I've met here weren't really sharp or knowledgeable about Trump's new national security advisors. Now, there's a couple of them, um, and they've received a lot of publicity in Australia. Um, Who are they? Can you name names? I've forgotten their names. Uh, To tell you the truth, it's been a long flight from Bangkok to (laughs) Berlin and Berlin to Rezov. So these are national security advisors? The new ones. He got – he's like almost Soviet-style done a purge. He went through many. He's done uh, a purge of all of the sort of Reaganite – uh, conservative um, national security people. I mean, Bolton hates him. The former um, uh, um, McHenry, the McCaster. Uh, yeah, yeah. The, 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 I think he's at Harvard, uh, not at Harvard, at Stanford now. Mm-hmm. Um, but all of them are very alienated, and he has. Trump said he won't be employing any of them. But the the two new ones have more open ideas about Ukraine. I don't think they're as bad as um, the image that that Trump projects about, you know, signing off on Ukraine the day that he gets uh, elected. Uh, I think he'll be elected, by the way. You think he'll be elected? From Australia, it looks like Trump will will be elected simply because of um, the, the way the issues of the border and the economy rate in the American econo- uh, in the American public opinion and um, Biden's age. So those three factors, particularly the border, yeah. um, we had a big fight about this in Australia many years ago where both parties had to agree you have to close the border. If you want people to support immigration, you cannot have an open border. Um, so we, we're taking 700,000 immigrants in Australia last year, but that's because we decide who's coming. I, uh, Australia has a very strict quota system for immigrants, no? Quota, we have um, uh, criteria. Yeah. So you have to be under 42, healthy, educated, with a job that is needed in the economy. Mm-hmm. And there's still 700,000 people who come in. Yeah. So um, it's not impossible, but it's, you know, people have the sense who live there already that it's going to add to the national good. Mm-hmm. Now, so what are your impressions here in, in Ukraine? This is, uh, when, when were you here last? 2012. Ah, 2012. So before you have, COVID and before the before war. Before everything, before the, the, the war started in 2014. Yeah. I've obviously been following Ukraine very closely since then and have very good relations with um, our, our friends in the Ukrainian community. When I was in parliament, I was the first one to raise the issue of the Holdemore. Yeah. We had sort of like an annual commemoration in Parliament, and uh, I think the recognition of the uh, genocide from that period is important, um, and it's linked to uh, uh, Russian behaviour. You know, whether it's in Butcher or Irpin or whatever, it's a it's a consistent theme of contempt for uh, uh, what they regard as almost. Uh, um, what the Germans used to call Untermenschen, you know? Yeah. You, um, you're of Jewish background. Mm-hmm. And so is your family Ashkenazi? Do they have any links with Ukraine? 
or your your ancestors. Let's they say. don't. They have links with um, Lithuania, with with Poland, Poland. Um, okay. With um, in uh, uh, there was apparently a very f- famous rabbis in the 1750s in Elbing who were that's right. in East Prussia that were part yeah. of the family. But my um, grandfather was a. Uh, uh, captain in the German army in the First World War, and okay. he lived in what was then Poland, um, um, in Torin, and that voted to. So that was in Germany. In, in Germany, uh, they voted uh, after the Treaty of Versailles to join Poland, mm-hmm. and he left to uh, the family home, which is in Rostock, also a Hanseatic city on the uh, on the Baltic. And uh, because there's a, a revival of the Jewish community here in in, in Ukraine with the pilgrimage in Umain. When I came previously, I went to Babin Yar. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was very moving to go there and see what happened there. And uh, any impressions? Do, you've been here several days, so it's it's kind of everything's just in your face right now. Impressions are people are weary of the war, but still resolute um, and thinking of all issues like mobilization and um, how we get the weapons from our good friends in America and, and This Europe. is a big one. This um, is a big and one. And look, when I came here in 2012, it was all, already clear to me that Ukrainians wanted to be like us. Yeah. They wanted modernity. They wanted transparency in their government. They, they didn't want the government to sit on top of them Soviet-style or Putin-style. They wanted to be Europeans, and um, that's an admirable, um, you know, ambition. And and uh, I, I still think that that ethos is here from the people that I've met and talked to. Well, a lot of people in the United States, particularly, d- describe uh, the. The war in Ukraine is part of a greater conflict where you have uh, societies that are democratic, that where you have uh, <coughs> power changes hands, where you have institutions rather than personalities uh, being, uh, let's say, challenged by authoritarian regimes, China, Iran, Russia, of course. Uh, do you see it that way? Very much so. Uh, I mean, it's clear sitting far away in five million city of Melbourne, Australia in the, in the south, but you can feel it anywhere in Australia. You can smell uh, Chinese power growing and growing and growing. You can mm-hmm. s- hear about it every day. You can watch it. It's much more acute to us than it is to Americans or to Europeans. And what that's linked to is the growing power of Iran and what um, the Russians are doing to you here in uh, Ukraine. The every, all the, I mean, President Reagan used to use it, but it's. It, I think it's more appropriate for the present. The axis of evil. The I mean, axis the, of evil. the North Koreans. I met. Um, uh, Oleg Goroshenko, uh, uh, Ukrainian MP yesterday, and he was telling me that after a broadcast he made on CNN that the North Korean dictator personally said that he's going to have him killed and that um, and that Ukraine is an unimportant country that doesn't have nuclear weapons like uh, North Korea and they'll pay the consequences. I mean, really, that's, that's uh, the kind of madness that um, this... The power of this network has allowed these people to to talk and think like that. So, um, 
we all should hang together. Europe has an economy 25 times the size of Russia. If they can't support you together with the Americans um, with sufficient wherewithal to outlast the Russians, I'd be very surprised. It's not in their interest. It's not in our interest not to support Ukraine because we've the Chinese are watching yeah. what's happening on your thousand-mile front. And if they... The Chinese foreign ministers uh, or one of the leaders is coming next week yeah. to Ukraine. Uh, they're, they're watching very closely. Um, and the poor people of Taiwan will be the next ones to suffer if they detect Western weakness. What else have you noticed here? Um, well, I still like the food. I like um, old-fashioned Ukrainian food. So I'm a big fan of um, Eastern European food oh, at yeah? home. Yeah, well, I mean, it's what you're brought up with. So, you know, it's... Uh, um, and I also noticed that it's um, modernity. Um, you know, people are on their mobile phones. Yeah. Um, young people speak English, or people under 40, I should say. Um, people are very, I mean, they may be weary, but they're not rude. They're still friendly with each other and are friendly to uh, uh, outsiders or foreigners. So how do you think we can convince uh, the the Americans and the Europeans. You mentioned political will or lack thereof before. How can we shift? You, having been a, a parliamentarian, you've, you, you, you've worked a parliamentarian system and you're, uh, you're aware of how to get a message across. How can we change the political will of the Europeans and Americans to, to get them on more of a war footing, at least economically, to, to protect their institutions, which are clearly being threatened. Well, I think firstly with Europe, you're being more successful. Yeah. Finland and Sweden have come in um, to the NATO alliance. Um, Poland is and Germany are rearming seriously. Yeah. Uh, and they've started to be more generous with um, aid to Ukraine. That's so, something successful is going on there. And I think that's because they see the battlefront in Avdivka um, every night on their television. Although so that, that helps. Unfortunately, yeah. the, we just got news today that Schultz is continuing to stonewall with the, the Taurus missiles because he doesn't want uh, apparently German troops to have to supervise the training here, like the French and, and, and British who are already doing it. Yeah, well, I think the... Ukrainians have shown that they have the ability to uh, learn very quickly, so maybe they could go for a two-week excursion <laughs> to to Bonn or uh, Rammstein and and do their training and come back. So, look, this is all details. Um, but uh, you asked me ser seriously what you could do. I have two suggestions. Uh -huh. One is the micro, um, and that is zero in on Trump's new national security advisors. Um, make sure people meet them, talk to them, cultivate them. Um, Ukrainians, you mean? Ukrainians should do that, yeah. Um, so he's, um, it's a new world waiting for us out there. Um, um, I'm not sure Biden will be the candidate, but if he is, I still th I, I strongly have the view that um, not anything to do with Ukraine or the foreign affairs, but because of the open American border, um, that uh, Biden will be defeated. Um, so that's, that's a personal opinion. So, yeah. um, but 
you're always good in casinos if you bet on the future and the future might be Trump. So look to these new people and see if they can be influenced. We have a lot of interviews and information about them in Australia because we're worried about what they will do with China. Will ah. they sell out us and the Taiwanese? Okay. To, so there's a, there's a worry about that. It's a consistent worry all over the world. The second thing is I have a very um, cheeky, adventurous suggestion, and that is Ukraine needs to seize the media centre of events, uh, put itself back in the news. Okay, how would it do that? Do what How South could Africa do did to the Israelis. Ah. Have Canada and a group of human rights lawyers and uh, former attorney generals and all friends of uh, Ukraine make a case to the uh, International Court of Justice that um, Russia should uh, uh, face all various charges. You can substantiate them. Uh, Ukraine has a much better case uh, than the case that's currently there. And there are lots of people who've got lots of time on their hands in Canada and Western countries who will help you. I believe they're doing these. that. I believe they're doing that. There was just a case that uh, had to do with before the full-scale invasion in which uh, some people here in Ukraine criticized the, the uh, lack of preparation and uh, Basically, the International uh, Court of Justice said, well, this isn't our competence. This isn't our competence to do that. So now they're, they're building up the case for all the incidents that occurred uh, since the full-scale invasion, Bucha, the mass graves, Mariupol. All of these things are, are you know, very substantive, very outrageous, and should uh, be the centre of the international community's attention. So the communists have an expression, the propaganda of the deed. So it's very nice to have court cases prepared and mm -hmm. um, material being put out by the Ukrainian embassy in, in Berlin and in Paris, but you need to actualise it. Um, you need to do something that will grab people's attention. And the Russians are have put Ukraine on the defensive by this full-spectrum warfare, that yeah. they call it. So information warfare, um, assassinations, active measures, together with kinetic warfare. You think the, the Russians are, are, are winning the information they war? Are. Yeah. Uh, and that, I, I think Putin decided, I'm not winning on the battlefield. Maybe I can influence... Trump's advisors and Trump's um, media allies, etc., and um, dry up um, support for Ukraine in the US Congress. Well, it's working. It's working. It's working. It's it may working. not look. To be fair to our um, dear American friends, the majority of the Republicans and certainly a majority of the Democrats still favour aid to Ukraine, but they can't get a vote. They can't so, get a vote. Um, if they get the vote, I'm sure it will go through. But that only lasts you from now to, if it goes through, even if it goes through, from now until no November. What happens after that? Um, so um, we need to do that. And I, I, I say we because I feel so um, passionate about the uh, Ukrainian cause and uh, uh, support for democracy here and, and, and your future. Um, but um, it was very effective. It took all of the air out of the Ukrainian balloon um, when uh, the war in the Middle East happened mm -hmm. and particularly when South Africa uh, took that case. Uh, now, 
it's still being adjudicated and um, it, it may not be successful. But the, the point is that um, how could they refuse Ukraine to take such a, an actual case? Have the BBC will have to report it. CNN will have to report it. Um, if they, they did it for um, Gaza and South Africa. So... I, I, I know, I'm not saying it has to be Canada, but Canada would, would be an ideal democratic society to say to the International Court of Justice, we have a friend of the court brief, a la South Africa, that we would like to make on behalf of Ukraine. Please invite us to make this kind of presentation. Are you familiar with the, uh, the, the legal details that one needs to do? Because I'm, I'm not as familiar with it. Uh, I'm familiar with the political details. Yeah. Um, Legal details all have a political context. You have to have um, someone who uh, submits this friend of the court brief to the International Court of Justice, an outsider who says that you know, laws are being violated at the moment and we want you to act. So, look, it, it's a, a left-field idea, mm -hmm. but um, you know, we, we, we uh, shouldn't sit here and be hit on the head by the Russians um, in information warfare um, and not respond. We, Ukraine needs to get uh, back the international spotlight. It deserves it, it needs it, and it will drive w uh, continuing Western support for it, particularly with our uh, American friends. Any other suggestions besides uh, appealing to the International Court of Justice? Uh, any, other, any, any other media strategies you can think of? Uh, well, um, I think having good people to uh, argue um, Ukraine's case um, in the international media, you should continue to do that. You have many good parliamentarians, including people from the opposition. Yeah. So people are patriotic here. You know, you don't have to be a supporter of the president to uh, uh, go on TV. You know, I, I'm uh, this uh, gentleman, the MP from Odessa, mm -hmm. uh, Igor Goroshenko, he was... I see him. All, I greeted him like an old friend. Um, I saw the mayor of um, uh, Kiev. I greeted him like an old friend because I see him on TV so much. You know, it's a, yeah, yeah. like you think you know these guys, yeah. and and um, um, that's very important uh, for the outside world to keep the pressure on the debate and just to argue logically and calmly and that the world is connected um, and that Democrats should support Democrats. Um, uh, this is what they do. We should continue. Yeah, I think uh, democratic uh, governments with institu where institutions supersede personalities and uh, and rule of law supersedes rule of force is uh, is what both America Australia stand for, despite their obvious faults. Uh, we have many faults. We have many faults, both in the states and uh, yeah, Australia yeah, and the UK. But it's. As Churchill used to say, it's better than all other alternatives. Exactly, exactly. Well, I, I think we're on the same page here. It's been a pleasure having you here. Thanks, Dash. Okay. So, that was Talking Substance. Subscribe to our channel, leave a like, and suggest anything else you would like to hear about, talk about, anything of substance, of course. Thank you.